Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6. We'll read two verses and then we will go to Psalm 22 and verse number 28. I realize that the holidays are upon us. You know, we don't mean to, but there's a certain... complacency that can settle over us in the holidays when it comes to the house of God and uh, I feel like this year God is calling us to remember that he really is the reason for the season now we know that because we've been using that as a platitude for years and years we say it and we know it mentally But it's one thing to know the platitude and it's one thing to actually know that Jesus is the reason. And I appreciate Turkey as much as anybody, maybe more than most. And I appreciate gifts, maybe more than most. But in the end, it's going to be more than lights and trees. It needs to be that Jesus is first in our lives. And that needs to be demonstrated in how we act in the house of God. And how we are in the presence of God. And we also need to remember some things about God. And so we're going to look at Isaiah 9 and 6. If you have that, say praise the Lord. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And then Psalm 22 and 28, the psalmist says, For the kingdom is the Lord's and he is the governor among the nations. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he is the governor among the nations. And I'd like to preach, he rules the world. He rules the world. Put your Bibles down and lift up your hands, and let's surrender to him for a few moments before I preach. God, I I worship you right now. Help us to remember who you are. Help us to remember what you are. Help us to remember that you have the whole world in your hands, God. And Lord, in the darkness of night, sometimes we lose sight of of what you're doing in our lives. And I pray that we would remember that you are the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, Lord. We worship you and we praise you. And everyone said in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. He rules the world. Now... The Apostle Paul describes Satan as the God of this world. 
lowercase g. Meaning that since his victory in the Garden of Eden, Satan has been the primary influencer of the ideals, the hopes, the goals, the dreams, the views, the opinions, the ideas, the philosophies, the religions, the cravings, the addictions, and the desires of this finite world. He is the lowercase god of this world. Satan is also called the prince of the power of the air in Ephesians 2 and 2. He is the ruler of this world in John 12, 31. These titles and many more signify that Satan is indeed powerful and does carry a measure of authority. To say that Satan is the prince of the power of the air means that his demonic hordes control the atmosphere of this world. There is a stifling presence of evil that literally fills the spiritual air that we breathe. And I don't want to go into kooky territory here, but I do not believe it is a coincidence that Halloween, which celebrates death and gore and witchcraft, rebellion and evil, even though many view it as nothing but a silly thing, there is a spirit attached to Halloween. And I do not believe it's a coincidence that there is that presence of the demonic that takes place just before the Christmas season. There is a conflict in the spirit realm that we see taking place even on our American calendar. You can feel the shift in the atmosphere just in the grocery store when they are switching from the theme of Halloween to the theme of Christmas. Satan is the prince of the power of the air. All you have to do is drive down the road and you will see his billboards and you will see his influence in the stores and in the sale of alcohol and pick up a newspaper and you'll see the influence of Satan on people all around us. He has a measure of authority. He has a measure of power. But this does not mean that Satan is all-powerful or sovereign in his reign. Satan is a big fish in a small pond. His authority is limited and regulated by God. Satan can only operate within the boundaries and the parameters that God allows. When the Bible tells us that Satan has power over the world. You've got to remember that God has given Satan dominion only over unbelievers and not believers. When we say that we as apostolics have been set free, that is exactly what we mean. We have been set free from the reign and the principality of Satan himself. Because he whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Can anybody testify by opening up your mouth and putting your hands together that when Jesus set you free, you became free indeed? We, we, are, we are demonstrating in our praise. We demonstrate in our worship that 
The snare of Satan has been severed from our lives. We demonstrate with our lifestyle. We demonstrate with our faithfulness that the trap of the fowler has been forcefully removed by the blood of Jesus. Every time you open up your mouth and shout the name of Jesus, you are reminding hell that your chains have been broken and your mind has been transformed and that your spirit has been renewed. And somebody ought to look the devil in the eye and say, devil, I have been set free and I am free indeed. And that is the song of the redeemed. That ought to be your heartbeat. That ought to be your song. And I just want to remind somebody tonight that holiness is not bondage. It is freedom in Christ Jesus. I'm going to preach until you wake up at Christmas time. I want to remind somebody tonight that your obligation to God is an obligation of love because he reached down when you were bound, when you were unworthy, when you were broken, and he lifted you up, and now he deserves my highest praise. My dance is not an obligation. My shout is not an obligation. My holiness is not an obligation. I do it because I love him. And so it is the song of the redeemed. However, because Satan does have power in this world, we can look around and feel as if he is more powerful than he really is. In fact, Satan spends the majority of his time trying to convince saved people that he has more authority over them than he really has. The reality is, if you have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you, you are a child of the King. If you have the Holy Ghost operating in your life, he has absolutely no business in your life. All you have to do, it really is this simple, but it takes a measure of faith. You need to realize that you can speak the name of Jesus and Satan has to flee. You need to realize that all you have to do as a child of God is resist the devil and he will have to flee from you. But what he will do is try to convince you that you don't have that kind of authority. But I wish somebody would wake up at Christmas time and recognize that I have authority that is not from myself. It was bought with a price. It is blood bought authority. It is authority that is covered by the blood of a spotless perfect lamb and when I hold up the blood of Jesus the devil has to flee when I cover myself in the blood of Jesus Satan has to flee somebody needs to understand that we have authority over the devil himself there are things that we allow Satan to do in our lives that we do not have to allow him to do you don't even have to let him talk to you if you don't want to. Some of you listen to the devil, and you don't have to listen to the devil. What you need to do is say, devil, get thee behind me in Jesus' name. Devil, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. I'm preaching to somebody right now. You've been letting the devil talk to you, and you need to stop it and rebuke him and get him out of your mind. Get him out of your home. Because he has no authority there. Satan can only operate in your life if you allow him to operate in your life. Satan can only influence you if you allow 
him to influence you. And so it's time for God's people to remember. And I think that the Christmas season really is the perfect time to remember who really does rule the world. And we need to know that it is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the God of hosts who rules this world. This is the story that we see in the life of Jesus immediately after he was baptized. The Bible says that he went down into the water. John the Baptist baptized him and immediately he was caught up and carried away of the spirit into the wilderness where he was tempted 40 days and 40 nights of the devil. The devil tempted him that entire time and there was one temptation after another and the temptations began fairly small, and they built as temptation does. Let me teach you for a moment what the nature of, this, of temptation is and how Satan uses temptation to attack your mind. He will begin with something that does not seem like that big of a deal. He will find something that feels like a gray area to you. Anybody know what I mean when I say a gray area? He'll try to find something to tempt you with where perhaps your pastor has preached against it, but in your flesh you said, well, maybe that wouldn't really be that big of a deal. Maybe maybe I won't cut all my hair off. Maybe I'll just trim my hair, ladies. Or, sir, maybe I, I won't get drunk, but I'll just drink a little bit. So you start looking for a gray area, and the devil starts tempting you. And if you give in to that first temptation as many people do he will then lead you from that temptation to a greater temptation I'm helping somebody tonight because you think you're playing games with the ruler of this world but the ruler of this world is not playing games with you you need to stop messing around with the devil and remember that it is Jesus Christ who rules and reigns your heart and so he will take you from one seemingly small temptation to a greater temptation until you will find yourself in the situation that Jesus was in where Satan carried him up to a high place where he was looking down over the kingdoms of this world and Satan said, look at all of this that is mine. This is my kingdom. I am the ruler of this world. I am the prince of the power of the air. My demons control control the atmosphere of this city and Satan has been speaking to some of you and telling you that he controls the atmosphere of your home he controls the atmosphere of your family he controls the atmosphere of your city the devil has been trying to convince me for two years that he rules and reigns the atmosphere of Atlanta Georgia and the surrounding suburbs but I got news for the devil he has no power in this church he has no power in this congregation he has no power in this altar he has no power in your prayer closet he has no power when we lift up holy hands Satan I don't care how many lives you control in Atlanta you don't control this church you don't control this life you don't control my home you don't rule my mind and so Satan showed Jesus himself the kingdoms of this world and he had the gall to look at God manifest in the flesh because he forgot who really rules the world. 
he had the gall to look at him and say, if you will just do this one simple thing. See, it went from turning stones to bread to bowing down and worshiping Satan. That temptation you think is no big deal, sir. That temptation you think is no big deal, ma'am. It's just turning stones to bread. How big a deal could that be to God? It won't take him long and he'll be convincing you to bow down and worship him. But Jesus understood that there is no worshiping the authority of this world. God is not going to bend his knee and neither are his children. When Satan takes you up to the high places, you need to look him in the eye and say, my God is bigger than the kingdoms of this world. My God's kingdom is bigger than Atlanta. It's bigger than the United States. It's bigger than anything this world has to offer because my treasures are stored up somewhere beyond the blue. That's how Satan operates. It's a constant struggle as he tries to convince even God's people that he has more authority in this world than he really does. It can be discouraging when you look around and you see the handiwork of the enemy and you feel as if he's winning the battle. I believe that Job felt this way when Job was at his lowest point and it was a long struggle and a long battle. His wife turned against him. His friends turned against him. He must have been contemplating suicide. In fact, the Bible indicates that he absolutely did want to die. He prayed for death to come. I know this is a little serious for some of you, but I'm preaching to somebody tonight. Job was at a place of such deep discouragement that he was questioning whether or not his righteous lifestyle had ever mattered at all. That's where Job found himself, and that's where Satan wants you to be. He wants you to question whether or not your dedication ever mattered in the first place. He wants you to doubt that holiness matters at all. He wants you to question everything you ever did for God. He wants you to question every offering you ever gave, every tithe check you ever wrote out, every prayer you ever prayed, every sacrifice you ever made, every time you stood up when everybody else sat down, and every time you sat down when everybody else stood up. He wants you to look back and say, God, was it all for naught? And that's where Job found himself. Here I am scraping the boils off my body. My body is wrapped in pain. I've lost my children. They're dead. I've lost my wealth. It's gone. My home is in ruins and I can't even get up out of my own filth. God, it'd be better if I would just die. And there he was in that moment. But little did he realize that God was still ruling the world even in his darkest moment. I'm helping some right now because you have forgotten that even in your darkest moment God had looked the devil in the face and said you will not take his life devil you can do whatever you want but you better not snuff the life from his body because God had a plan and God had a purpose and Satan cannot do more than God allows him to do and Job I'm preaching to you tonight take heart take courage because a whirlwind is coming a holy ghost hurricane is coming and god is going to speak to you from the storm god is going to bless you from the storm see some of you are praying for the storm to leave what you need to do is pray for the voice of god to speak into the middle of your storm 
And finally, Job remembered in the middle of his pain, even though it feels like Satan had the authority over every important thing in my life, I'm still a child of God. I can still stand on the righteousness that I believed in from a little boy. I can still believe in every prayer that I prayed. And God spoke to him and said, where were you when I flung the stars into space? And I believe God's saying that to some of you tonight. You're doubting God. Where were you when he poured the oceans out into their frame? Where were you when he breathed the breath of life into mankind and man became a living soul? Where were you when he formed man from the dust of the ground? No, you weren't there because you're not God. And God is still ruling and reigning in your life. I know it hurts. I know it hurts. I know sometimes it feels like God has relinquished his authority. Is this too real? Some of y'all wanted me to be fake tonight. Sometimes you feel like God has relinquished his authority and given an enemy complete control of your circumstances. Sometimes it's hard to trust that God has your best interests at heart. But the song says that he rules the world with truth and grace. Heshanamasataya. The scripture says that he is the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He is wonderful. He is counselor. And as a child of God, that means that even when it feels like the darkness is invading every corner of your life, you need to be able to come into his presence and lift up your hands and say, Lord, you're wonderful. Lord, you're the counselor. What does that mean? It means he is advocating on your behalf. What does that mean? He's working for you even when you don't see him working for you. That means he's fighting your enemy even when you can't see him fighting your enemy. The Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. Even when I can't see the blood, even when I don't feel the blood, Satan, the blood of Jesus is working against you. On my behalf, God is in control. The Bible tells us that from the Old Testament, the book of Malachi, all the way to the New Testament, where John the Baptist steps onto the scene and where the angel appears to Mary. There was 400 years of silence. 400 years between the moving of God and the prophetic anointing in the Old Testament to the touch of God on a young virgin who is betrothed to a good man named Joseph. 400 years False religions sprang up, Pharisees and Sadducees. The Medes and the Persians, Babylon, 
began to split and the Greeks came in and Rome conquered and then Rome split into four different groups and and eventually there were rulers who were set up over Palestine and Israel actually became almost slaves in their own land. They were able to govern themselves up to a point, but in reality, they were completely subservient to Roman law and Roman authority. False doctrine was everywhere. People were forgetting the reason Moses had the law in the first place. People were forgetting what it really meant to hope for the Messiah. And just when it seemed as if God had completely turned the world over to the enemy. Just when it seemed as if the hand of God had been completely removed from the kingdoms of this world. Just when it seemed like God was never going to do another miracle for his people. Just when it seemed like God was never, ever, ever, ever going to speak to another person. All of the sudden, in the middle of the night, an angel began to talk to a young girl that nobody had ever heard of and nobody had ever thought about and really nobody cared about. And he said, I want you to understand you need to get ready because the Holy Spirit has moved upon you and you are going to miraculously conceive a child and his name shall be called Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins and this young girl believed the voice of the angel and she submitted to the will and the plan of God for her life even when God began to insert himself back onto the scene of this world he did not come the way we would have expected him to come we would have expected him to come on a horse with a sword and a spear and a shield. We would have expected him to come as a warrior to overthrow Roman government. Even today, sometimes we long in our lives for God to step onto the scene and overthrow things in our lives that just seem to fight against us. But that is not what God did. God humbled himself as a man and he came down as an innocent child, a helpless little boy born into humble beginnings, born into a poor family, born in a stable, born in a place that kings would have never stepped foot inside of, born as an outcast, born with people telling him there's no room for you here, born with the poor people coming to visit him, born with the commoners surrounding his place of birth, born with the stench of death around him, born with a king who desired to kill him. And in the midst of all of that, God said, this is my plan. I'm going to step in and it's not going to look like you want it to look. It's going to be simple. It's going to be humble, but it's going to change the world forever. And I want to preach to somebody for about two more minutes tonight. If you've got something you need in your life God is not always going to do it the way you want him to do it but he will do it if you will believe that he rules the world this was the dynamic that Jesus faced his entire ministry they looked at Mary and they thought of her as a woman of ill repute because Who's ever heard of someone being a virgin and giving birth to a child? They looked at Jesus as strange. 
even in his own hometown, he could not perform the miracles that he performed other places. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment, that God manifest in the flesh was not able. That's what scripture says. He was not able to perform the miracles there because of their unbelief that he had done in other places. Why did they have unbelief in his own hometown? Because they had watched him as a child. They had watched him do other things that children did. And it was difficult for them to understand in their minds that this really is something different. This really is because with their eyes, all they could see was a man. But if they would have opened up the eyes of the spirit, they could have done like Peter and said, thou art the Christ. And then they could have heard him saying, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And today in this Christmas season, we have problems, we have difficulties, we have fears. Even today, even tonight, some of you feel a measure, perhaps not all, but a measure of Job's pain. And you wonder who really rules the world. You look at family members who are lost and bound by sin. You look at loved ones who are completely bound by addiction. And if you're not careful, you wonder who really rules the world. It can feel like darkness rules and reigns. But I want you to know that when Jesus came, there was a star that signified his coming. And the star signified that it only takes one spark of light to change the world. It only takes one ray of light in the darkness for three wise men to get behind it and follow their way to a stable somewhere. If you will be a light in the darkness, you can change other people's lives. God has called you to be a star this Christmas season. God has called you to light the way in the darkness this Christmas season. God is calling you to direct someone to where Jesus is this Christmas season so that they can understand that it doesn't always look like they think it will. God's plan is not always what they think it's going to be. Oftentimes it's humble and simple. Sometimes he speaks in a still small voice. Sometimes he thunders from the storm and the whirlwind. Sometimes he rebukes and sometimes he encourages, but in the end, he is God and he is God alone. If he says it, it must be. If he rebukes it, it must go. If he creates it, it must stay. If he banishes it, it must be gone because he is God. He is the maker of heaven and earth. He is the bright and morning star. He's the lily of the valley. He's the precious rose of Sharon. He's the wheel in the middle of the wheel. And my friend, today he might be speaking to you in a still small voice, but you better not wait too long because one day a trumpet is going to sound and there will be no more Christmases left to celebrate. There will be no more gifts to open and no more trees to put up because he's going to come in a moment in the twinkling of an eye and the dead in Christ shall rise. They're going to go first and then we which are alive and remain, we will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Stand with me. He's coming. This could be our last Christmas. This could be our last season. And the enemy would like to convince you, precious saint of God, that he has authority over you. 
has absolutely no authority in your heart, in your home, or in your mind. I wonder if there'd be someone here who would be willing to step out with me with humility and without pride and say, Brother Ryan, the enemy has been trying to intimidate me with a show of force, and I have allowed myself to be intimidated. I wonder if you would step out and just rebuke him with me in Jesus' name. Would you do that? Would you step out boldly in Jesus' name? And I want you to just come and say, I, I am going to take authority over the voice of the enemy in my life. Sister Cole, the devil has no authority over our health. He has no authority over our bodies. Somebody ought to come and rejoice in this miracle and let that increase your faith and say, Devil, I will not allow you to intimidate me in this Christmas season. I don't have anything to be afraid of. I don't have anything to fear because God rules the world. Come on, could you just lift up your hands and as you magnify God, rebuke the prince of the power of the air. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Rise as you sing. Your name up, we lift your name up. 
going to keep you long, but I feel like God wants us to pray for somebody. I want you to reach over and pray for somebody. Just let the Lord lead you. Just reach over and pray for somebody. There's someone who's needing the strength of the Lord. There's somebody who's weary and well-doing tonight. Somebody's mind needs to be renewed tonight. Come on, prayer warrior. Pray for him in Jesus' name. Rebuke the authority and the prince of the power of the air. Come on, open up your mouth. Open up your mouth. Open up your mouth. Take control of the atmosphere. Take control of the air. Take control of the air. Satan, we take control of the atmosphere right now. You're not the prince of the power of this air. You're not the prince of the power of this atmosphere. You're not the prince of this church. You're not the prince of my family. You're not the prince of my home. You're not the prince of my mind. No! In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yes!
us that he has authority that he does not have. And what I'd like us to do right here at the beginning of December is I want us to just pray for ourselves, however you feel comfortable. Sometimes when I'm praying for myself, I'll, I'll even lay my hand on my head. If there's no one there to pray for me, I'll just lay my hand on my head. Put your hand on your heart. Maybe you just want to lift up your hands to the Lord and surrender. That'd be good. I want you to say, Lord, renew my mind. Come on, let it be your prayer. God, renew my mind. That's the spirit of intercessory prayer that's getting on you right now. Let it flow. Sir, that's the Holy Ghost. Open up your mouth. Ekata sandara barata satala borondo satataya. Idarara borondo sotolo borondo satataya. Woo! I feel the presence of the Holy Ghost sweeping in. Renew my mind, 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 Lord. Hey. Hey. Hallelujah. Somebody came in discouraged, but you don't have to leave discouraged. Let him renew your mind. He has been defeated. The devil is defeated. Alright, here's what I want you to do. I know this is symbolism, I know it's silly, but I want you to look down at your feet. That's where the devil belongs. He belongs right under your feet. Whenever you feel like he's getting victory, I want you to look down at your feet and say, Devil, that's where you're that's where you're staying, right there, underneath my feet. Because the blood of Jesus has already crushed the enemy on your behalf. Lift up your hands and your voice and give God thanks for it. In the name of Jesus, we love you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. In the name of Jesus. 
Let's bow our heads and dismiss them. God, we praise you. We thank you for what we feel here. I pray that there's been a permanent refreshing in someone's spirit that will last beyond just this service, Lord, but that there would be a spiritual renewing that would bring us into a new year, that we would walk in authority, not just for a day or two, but, Lord, into a brand new season, into a brand new year with all of the blessings and adventures that it will bring. Give you praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Turn around and tell two or three people, we've got the victory. Come on, find two or three people, tell them we've got the victory.